0: Welcome to Living the Dream Acting, the podcast, a podcast for actors, by actors, about acting. And here's the host, Christina Kipper Halstead.
1: Hi, and welcome to Living the Dream Acting, the podcast. I'm your host, Christina, and on this podcast, I track down interviews with actors, writers, directors, and everyone involved in the performing arts from stage to screen, including those artists like myself who live outside of New York and LA, where the rules of the business can sometimes be a little different. I cover getting started, not giving up, and advice for actors in all parts of the country who are trying to live their artistic dreams. My goal for this podcast is to create community, learn from other artists, inspire and be inspired. Please join our community by liking us on Facebook, by leaving a comment on my website livingthedreamacting.com, and by following me on Twitter at artistdreams, that's at artist underscore dreams. Today I have part two of the long lost episode with New York City voiceover artist Matt Knight. So please stick around for that while we do a little catching up. Wow, 2015. 2015 was a year of tremendous activity. Things have actually started to happen in my career again. And it's just been sort of a been a little bit of a tumultuous year personally. It seems like most years are tumultuous in some aspect or another on the personal level, but um, but just like good things starting to happen. I have been focused for the last many years on um, just trying to be a good mom and raising my son. And But you know moms, you know how it feels when we have, as artists especially, we just have other things we want to say, it, ways we want to express ourselves, and sometimes because of time, because of money, whatever it might be, we have to kind of set that aside. We have to look at these beautiful faces and these the sweet blessings that are in our lives, and we have to take that other part of us and just kind of tell it, you know, we're, we'll come back to you. Just have to be patient. Well, this was finally the time for me when things are starting to happen again. And I've been able to come back to that part of myself. Um, first of all, I lost 20 pounds this year, which uh, over the course of, it's been about a year, over a year in the making, so to speak, but I'm feeling so great. I'm really feeling like myself again. So that was a big plus. But just kind of a review of the year since um i've been doing a lot of other things obviously not podcasting but um but other things have been going on um the first thing that i think is really great as i live near uh, like an incredible film festival we have the sedona international film festival right where i live and last year i attended a q and a with directors of some of the films and one of the directors i met actually knows my cousin back in Ohio. And we made a very brief connection and I was hoping to get him on the podcast. So I'm, I haven't given up hope on that. I'm going to keep working on that, but the Q and A was fabulous. It was really inspiring. I love going to that stuff. I think it's important to just, you know, try to find what's going on in your community that you, even if you can't, um, you don't have time to do a play or you're not, Making the kind of progress you'd like to make and you're not able to go to auditions or you're, you're not booking work. You can still go and support what's going on and you can, you can kind of take away that inspiration that you need to kind of keep going. So that's what I did. And I'm really looking forward to the one that's coming up this year as well. And then after that, like a month or so later, I attended a live play reading for a project called Little Black Dress. And from what I understand, Little Black Dress features women playwrights from around the country. They submit and they compete to have their plays accepted into the program. And then groups, theaters, um, community theaters, small groups, uh, take those plays and perform them and share them with the world. Some of these are world premiere pr- uh, performances of their work. And just getting women playwrights and their voices and their stories out there so that was really that was really delightful actually to for me I had been a while since I had sat um, in for a production and it was a really positive experience and then just sort of like the major icing on the cake was that same night I ran into a former teacher of mine Jared McGuire and um, he was a well-known theater actor in Australia, but he's best known for his work on television in a series called Prisoner Cell Block H, which you may have heard of. Um, if not, look it up and it's on YouTube. And um, it was just, I was really exciting to see these faces of people that I used to know when I lived in this area before. And, um, and I, I was so incredibly silly about the whole thing. Cause I saw him And I've always really admired him. And, um, like I said, he was one of my teachers. So you have always that little feeling like you want to impress your teacher. And, and I kind of, it had been like five years and I wasn't even sure if he remembered me. And I went up all very timidly and asked him, Hey, do you remember me? And, and of course he just kind of laughed and then, you know, reached out and gave me a huge hug. And, and then, um, something that just blew me away was uh, he had asked me if I had met the director of the production that we were working on. And I said, no, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't met her yet. And, uh, and he took me by the hand and walked me across the room and he wouldn't let go of my hand until we found her. And we went up to her and he just said, um, you know, he just said that he thought, we definitely needed to meet and that I was, um, a terrific actress and he turned the director and he said, and you know that I don't say that. I don't take that lightly and I don't say that often. And I was just completely blown away. Um, so honored. And he didn't know this at the time, but boy, did I need that. I needed that. I needed to hear that. We all need to hear that. Um, and I just was, yeah, I was so blessed to have that moment. So thanks, Jared, if you're listening. <laughs> and I look forward to whatever we're going to work on in the spring. Um, so anyway, uh, and then after that, the next, um, pretty cool, pretty cool project I, um, entered into was a 24 hour theater project through the local college, but it was part of the community. So there actually weren't any college students there that I'm aware of. It was mostly all, adult actors and performers and improvisers, and um, it's exactly what it sounds. It's 24-hour theater, so we showed up at 6 o'clock on um, Friday night, and by 6 o'clock Saturday night, we were doing a performance for a 100 people um, of a play that the night before had not been written. So when I showed up at 6 o'clock for auditions, then at 7 o'clock, I found out who I was working with, um, I got to go home and gather as many clothing items as I could and uh, try to get some sleep while the writers stayed all night long and wrote the play and by 7 6 a.m. the next day I came in for breakfast and by 7 a.m. we were doing our our uh, table read of a play that hadn't existed the day before and it was like you know, I know this is kind of a project that a lot of college kids do and but there was it was really incredible to kind of go back to that like grassroots kind of you know like let's just like put on a show you know <laughs> so so it, it, yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know. It was just really sort of thrilling. And I was trying to like hold myself together and keep the stamina going because, you know, I'm not 18 by any means anymore. And, uh, but it was really fantastic. And I, the thing that impressed me the most was not so much that, yeah, we memorized our lines and somehow we didn't forget anything and the show went on and the show must go on and we made it happen, but um, I was impressed by how quickly, because I was forced to, how quickly I was able to get to the heart of the the meaning of the story, get to the heart of um Uh, my choices, uh, the go to deeper levels that quickly. Usually you have a lot, you know, a few weeks, a month maybe to put something together and you can take a little time with it, but I didn't have the luxury of time. And, uh, from some great direction from, um, the director that we had, Kate Hawks, I was able to get there and, uh, It was just, yeah, it was just really incredible. So I recommend it if you feel like you can, you know, survive on very little sleep. Uh, And then after that, about a couple months later, I did a play in the park. Uh, It was called Pink Nectar Cafe, and it was an original work based on the short stories of a Mr. James Bishop. Um, And... uh, He's best known for work that he did with Newsweek, but he's written a lot of articles, a lot of um, his own plays and short stories over the years, and he was present during the rehearsal process and really supportive during the run of the show. And um, and really, that's been my first, r- like, real play that I've done in a while. Um, again, I was in mom mode, single mom mode, so sometimes that makes it even more challenging to... Um, make live theater happen but yeah it was just it was great to be out there again so um yeah I don't know what's coming next 2016 is right around the corner um I feel like I don't have no and no idea what I'm doing um but (laughs) I'm actually working on a one-woman show and uh, I'm in the process of writing that right now and Hopefully, that will be my goal, is to have that show ready by next year at this time to present to the world. And um, I've been kind of brainstorming a web series and just loving my my cute little son. So anyway, but um, Matt Knight, Matt Knight, many apologies to you. It's been a busy and sometimes rocky year, but enough about me. Let's hear some more of you.
0: You know the power of three? It's real. Where's rock without paper and scissors? Ready without willing and able? And just one amigo? No. Bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson is coming to Broadway. Don't miss the show The New York Times and Rolling Stone call the best musical of the season. Welcome to the world of Trackmaster. Thomas is on a quest to find the crown. Watch out for the missing track! Wow! It's his biggest adventure yet. Thomas's Trackmaster Castle Quest comes with everything you see here.
1: Now, were all the auditions you were going out on were they all things that your agent was sending you out on, or did you um, were you able to create some other opportunities as well?
0: I am represented um, completely uh, for voiceover work and on-camera work and any print work with my agency. So I am not allowed to uh, work outside of. Um, um, I, I'm not allowed to to try to get auditions outside of that. It's it's not good business practice. So. For the voiceover side of things for the commercial side of things they submitted me for everything they were the ones calling me and setting up the times acting wise i was still putting myself out there i was still submitting uh, my headshot resume for um acting gigs and little film gigs here and there um and uh also my agency doesn't work um in uh, non-union TV and radio commercials. So um, I, you know, it was very specific um, instructions when working with the agency that uh, it was going to be a union thing. So I was prepared to join the union as soon as um, the opportunity arose. And uh, I believe it was like eight months after I was booking um, consistently that I was a part of uh, both unions uh, after SAG. Um, before now that now it's SAG AFTRA, um, they're uh, one union, but uh, I remember I joined both of them separately. Um, but that was kind of cool because it also opened some other opportunities to uh, uh, work in um, soap opera or uh, y- even uh, you could pick up extra work. Um, it's not as it's not as abundant as LA, but there is extra work and there's film and TV work that you can do here. So. It opened some other opportunities, but honestly, after a few years, I, um, I was fully supporting myself just doing voiceovers, um, and any small little, uh, on camera or otherwise, uh, gigs that I could book. So I, I just stuck with that and, uh, you know, doubled down and, and just tried to get better and, um, branch out to as many different, um, subcategories of voiceover that I could, you know, I I wanted to get into promo. I wanted to get into, uh, narration. Um, I wanted to get into radio and TV imaging. So, um, I focused on that.
1: So are you now doing all of those things at uh, I mean, at different, you have different opportunities to do all of that.
0: I, I do get the opportunities. I, um, I've worked a lot in promo, been the voice of, uh, of a network, um, and one of the voices of some other networks. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And, uh, I've done some narration for, uh, a couple of shows. Um, I'm still trying to break into, uh, TV and radio imaging. Um, a lot of fun, uh, you know, you'll hear uh, you know, a voice to the uh the station identification um in between songs on uh you know on your local radio station, or you'll hear um a voiceover telling you what's uh, coming ahead on uh, the nightly news um for your local station, and those are the type of things that I uh, I'm still trying to break into. It's uh it's a little tricky, but uh, but yeah, still pursuing that. But yeah, I've been able to work in a lot of different fields. I've done some uh, video game. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I've also, I don't work in on camera all the time, but I've also been able to, uh, I've had some success um, on camera as well. Um, actually, my first big gig was a, was a McDonald's commercial and uh that was in early 2005. And that actually helped, you know, kind of get me out of, uh, poverty. <laughs> I say poverty. It's, I, I wasn't struggling too hard, thankfully. Um, because obviously it can be really expensive, um, to live in the city, but, uh, that helped me to, um, to really give myself a little more freedom to audition and, uh, and have a little more financial stability um, than I had had before.
1: Can you, um, can you explain to people what, uh, promo is?
0: It's weird because, um, promo doesn't always fall under union, uh, jurisdiction. Um, but it generally is this, this area of TV where you're just promoting, um, the channel or you're promoting shows on the channel as an example, I was working with, uh, Madison square garden, uh,'s channel MSG and I was doing the promo for, uh, the Knicks, the Rangers, the Islanders and the devils. And so each week I would go in and I would read, um, different promos for the upcoming games. So I, you know, we'd give a little, uh, history about, uh, or a little factoid or, or a little funny anecdote about, uh, uh, players on our team or players on their team and, you know, coming this Thursday on MSG or, uh, or something as simple as, uh, you know, Knicks Nuggets Thursday on MSG or Friday night Knicks. So, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know if I, if I explain promo, um, in a, in an expert fashion, but yeah, you're just, you're promoting the channel. You're promoting, uh, the,
1: the example is great. I love it.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you very much. And uh, and, uh, in that, in that particular channel, they like kind of the, uh, the grittier sound and a little more attitude and in your face. But, uh, if you go to say an HGTV, um, a lot of those shows, they want a little more bright and friendly. So, uh, extreme hotels, Coming this, coming this January to HGTV, <laughs> you know, some something like that,
1: right? Right.
0: I don't want to, I, I don't want to keep giving you uh, uh, promo sell selling points here, but uh, but yeah, so right.
1: I got it. So um, tell me, you started out in music and loving music and being on the stage and singing and and, and acting, and I know that voiceover work is acting but do you miss doing more of um the live stage work um
0: occasionally occasionally um there were some elements of it that i don't miss and that was feeling worried that i was going to get sick all the time (laughs) like especially for stage plays and stuff there's nothing worse than feeling sick and then having to to go out on stage and i was always For some reason, maybe it was a, maybe I shouldn't have worried so much about it, but that was something that always um, plagued me. But maybe it was because we were in Western New York and it was cold most of the year and everybody was sniffly and um, sick from like September to June. So there was always that threat of not feeling well. But, but, um, there was also a, a nervous energy, but I I also kind of like that of uh, you know before you go onto the stage and uh, the hours and minutes uh, leading up to uh, to stepping out there, and I do miss um, I do miss the the performances, the energy that you used to get off of the audience, um, you know telling a story in front of people um you know some of these plays and some of these uh productions that i've been a part of just so well written and uh and and miss the uh the camaraderie of a cast the um the intimacy especially of a smaller crowd and um just generally miss that uh that rehearsal process where everybody's kind of exploring and learning things about their characters and, and kind of collaborating together. I, I always enjoyed that, uh, about it. But, um, but yeah, um, I, I kind of stopped, um, auditioning for a lot of that stuff just because I, I didn't really want to, um, focus all my time and energy on it. Um, especially since a lot of opportunities at the time were taking me out of the city. And, uh, at the time I wasn't really equipped, uh, to audition, you know, from my hotel room or wherever I was going to be. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I stopped doing it. Um, and, and kind of tried to focus full time on, uh, voiceovers and commercial work, but, uh, but, I am uh involved in, um at my church with uh, a lot of community outreach and stuff and we do um live music, we do um you know children's uh entertainment, the like puppet shows and and such and uh you know as well as volunteering and and uh, community outreach and stuff like that. We we, we do these uh, little productions like we'll do a neighborhood appreciation day or something and uh I'll I'll help spearhead that with some uh some other uh, members from uh the church and I believe every time we have like a big event or something I'll I'll work the sound uh on it I'll set up um the PA system and uh help host it and stuff like that so I still get to perform uh, it's just in a different fashion
1: uh Well that's great that's really great but since you've been in the city as long as you have and and you've manifested this career for yourself as you look back what's different um about your life now versus what you thought it might be like do you have any um, I guess just thoughts that you can share around um, you know what you've learned over this time uh, and what you and what you might tell somebody who you know, not only, you know, maybe wants to move to New York to pursue a career, but specifically in voiceover?
0: Well, um, one thing that I'll say that I've learned is that people, people will transition when they're here. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that anyone will follow the same path that I did, but people follow different paths. People, um, People's priorities shift, um, you know, interests change. Um, some people get down here and discover that maybe there's something else that they want to be doing. Some people get down here and discover that there's a different, uh, you know, side of the entertainment business that they want to explore. Um, when it comes to voiceovers, um, I, I really love, um, Working in the business, uh, but I've had to weather some difficulties along the way. And that's, that's something that I'm um, maybe I wasn't so prepared for, um, early on. Um, obviously everybody got hit a little bit, um, uh, when we had the recession in 2008. But, yeah. uh, just generally for myself, um, there's peaks and valleys, um, in, um, in voiceovers. And I was lucky enough to be well-informed about how I should always save my money and, uh, and use it wisely. So in those, um, those moments where you're more successful, um, store away and, you know, for those times where things might be a little slower and, uh, and, um, you know, and, and always try to, to keep a positive frame of mind. I think, um, cynicism is, is poison. Um, it's, it's not going to help you at all. It just digs you deeper into a hole. So always trying to remain positive, um, in anything that you're pursuing, um, is a must. And, uh, I like, uh, I I believe it was, I was listening to Brian Cranston a few months ago and he had said something along the lines of persistence plus luck equals success. And I really like that because that's kind of how this business is. You know, you, there's a lot of talented people, um, that you'll be competing with. And there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of jobs that you might get turned down on, but you just got to keep positive and keep persistent and keep at it. And, uh, you know, everybody gets a little bit of luck along the way. And, um, I, I believe that, you know, when you're, if, if you keep at it, if you're persistent, if you work hard and you're given that opportunity, you're going to succeed. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's really, it's gonna, it's gonna be the, the time of your life. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have this wonderful experience that, and it's just gonna feel all the better knowing how hard you worked for it along the way.
1: Were you, did you ever have one of those moments where you thought, um, you might want to do something else or has this been a sure, a sure path and the way it's unfolded?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the one of the difficulties in voiceover is that we're having trouble um keeping it all union right now and and so some opportunities are being taken away um from us <clears throat> that previously we had and that's a little difficult because it means less opportunities for everyone it means less um chances we have and uh
1: I did want to ask you about that um that's uh sort of the trend of self submitting and and websites where you can put your you know your demo reel out there and and sort of run your own uh little side business you know obviously you're sharing how that's affecting
0: Yeah the digital age has definitely allowed more people to um be a part of this process um and I uh, you know apparently it's been getting harder and harder for us to completely regulate this, uh, since the strike back in, uh, the late nineties. So that's something that, uh, that you struggle with, um, sometimes, uh, because obviously when I go out there for these auditions, I'm, I'm auditioning against people I, I believe are very talented and they're very decent people. They're very nice people. And, uh, and I know that. Um, I'm also talented and I work hard, but I know that, you know, I'm only going to be able to nab a certain percentage of these things. So, um, the more opportunity, the better. So yeah, there, there have been moments where, uh, it's been tougher to, the, the work's been tougher to come by. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really easy to, to get down on yourself, to get down on life, um, when things are, uh, are difficult. But, but I'm really, I, I really encourage that positive frame of mind and, uh, you know, to embrace all the, uh, these good things in your life. And it, it's been a little easier for me, um, to deal with those things because I, I'm just surrounded by such a great support system. I have, uh, you know, a wonderful fiance, her family treats me like family. My family is, is, uh, immensely supportive too. I, then, um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm lucky because her family actually lives here in the city. So I actually, we get to interact on a more day to day basis, but I, you know, I speak with my family all the time. They're so great, um, to me. And, uh, and also I'm, you know, I've just been blessed with all of these, these, these great gigs, this, these great opportunities. And, uh, you know, I've wisely been able to save my money. So it's tough sometimes when I feel like I'm not working enough, but when I put things in perspective, I'm extremely, I'm extremely lucky. And I, you know, I, whenever those, you know, negative thoughts kind of enter my brain, I, I, when I put things in perspective, I'm able to, to kind of, throw it to the wayside. And, and, uh, I, I'm, I consider myself very blessed in that regard that I'm able to, to generally stay happy, even in those moments, um, where life kind of gets you down and the career kind of, uh, can throw you curveballs.
1: That is so great. So do you have any, um, anything we didn't cover that you might want to talk about?
0: When you want to pursue voiceovers, I, um, you know, I would uh, I would try to ask somebody who's working in the business already, um, you know, especially in the region that you're uh, you're thinking of moving to. I know that there is voiceover work in Chicago. I'm not so uh, I, I don't have a lot of information on that because I've only had uh, one friend who's lived there who's pursued it. But I know that there are opportunities out in L.A. There are opportunities in New York. So I always suggest that you reach out to some friends who might be working in the business first before anything else. And also, um, if you're going to work with a vocal coach, make sure you research it because, um, as much as I'd like to say, they're all good. Um, some of them might try to be stretching it out longer than it needs to be. Um, you know, some of these coaching sessions are pretty expensive and they're, um, they're over eight to 10 sessions or more uh, before you do your demo reel. So the demo reel is actually really important to get your foot in the door. There are a lot of uh, agencies that not only represent for voiceovers, but they represent for on camera and print. And even if you're not considering um, those things as a, you know, a full time, full focus type of thing, these these jobs can all be really helpful to, uh, add additional income to you, especially if you're working at night as an actor and rehearsing in the evenings. Most of these auditions happen during the day. Most of them book during the day. So it can, uh, give you a little extra money. Um, they're, they're a lot of fun. Didn't really go into detail about print and on camera, but, uh, you know, those, those can be just as enjoyable as voiceovers. And I, I know people who work uh, specifically in those categories. A, a good friend of mine uh, mainly just works um, in on on camera and he will, you know, do uh, some small roles in films sometimes, but he's mainly an on camera actor for uh, TV uh, commercials and uh, industrials and such. And there are uh, plenty of models out there and uh, people that don't necessarily look like models, but, uh, um, photograph well for print ads, um, who are working specifically in the, that business. So there's a lot of, uh, new job opportunities that you can, um, you know, expose yourself to if you explore these fields. And in my opinion, they're a lot of fun. So, but, uh, but don't expect a book right away. If you do, you're very lucky. Count yourself very lucky.
1: Do you still have to go into the studio like they used to? Or do you do a lot of stuff from home?
0: Um, I like to go into the studio just because I like to um, hear the feedback firsthand um, from the studio manager that we have at the agency. Most of the time, uh, if it's outside of the agency, if it's not an in-house audition, um, we'd have to go into the city anyway, but I, I am equipped with a home studio setup. Um, I'm actually recording something, uh, in two days that will be at the house. And, um, um, especially if you talk to some other voiceover artists, it's interesting how we, uh, we set up our rooms to, uh, to dampen the sound and try to get rid of some of the, uh, ambient room noise and the outside noise and stuff. So uh, everybody has their own little version of how they, they set up. Um, I don't have a home, a full home studio yet. I prefer to be in the city because there are a lot of, uh you know, recording studios and uh, board operators and um, um, who deserve to, to get paid to uh, To help out in the process, so I'm uh, I'm a big supporter of uh, of, of supporting that. Um, so I I do I'll audition from home sometimes, and I will record from home if it's needed. But I prefer to be in the studio. Um, also, the, the studio is a lot nicer than my room. Um, <laughs> so they have things like you know soda and snacks and whatnot. So it's nice to get out there and free coffee. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, and, and, uh, and, but I, I do enjoy going out into the city and, uh, the casting directors are all, um, by and large, really great people. And, uh, they work these jobs pretty quickly, but it's nice to chit chat with them for a few minutes and it's nice to, to get feedback from them and they help you to develop into a better, uh, um, voiceover artist. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's awesome, Matt. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you asking me on. Absolutely,
1: here. absolutely. Thank you. So that's the end of episode six featuring Matt Knight, my Maddie Knight. Um, thank you again for listening to another episode. This one is dedicated to my friend Megan. And hopefully, since I got this episode out, she will finally quit calling me a slacker. Hopefully, she's still listening. Remember to tell your friends about Living the Dream Acting, the podcast, livingthedreamacting.com. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at artist underscore dreams. Yes, okay, here's the deal. I had to choose Artist Dreams because Living the Dream Acting was too long. Living the Dream was taken in every combination imaginable. So, you know, it's at Artist Dreams, whatever. But anyway, thank you again for listening. I'm Christina Kipper Halstead, and we'll see you next year.
0: Thank you for listening to Living the Dream Acting, the podcast. Have questions or a story you'd like to share? We'd love to hear from you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit our website at livingthedreamacting.com.